Welcome to the Not So Sugar. <laughs> Welcome back to Not So Sugar Coated with Bert and Jasmine. I'm Jasmine. I'm Bert. Today we have some very special guest speaker of ours. We've known each other for like ever. It's been a long time. <laughs> I forgot I could say things. Yeah. It's yeah. Been- <laughs> <laughs> at, well, at least since we've been dating, like about 10 years as far as, far as dating goes. But we've known each other longer than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Tiffany and Tyler. I feel like we have a lot in common, Tiffany. Not no. a lot of people know this, no. but it's really funny. No, you have nothing in common with Tiffany. It's everything with Tyler. <laughs> I'm talking about like we have the same birthday. Oh, that's so. true. Yep. We're Hispanic. Twins here. Mm-hmm. That's Married. where it ends. We married, married white, white men. <laughs> Can you say that? <laughs> I'm going to say it. I mean, it is what it it's, is. It's the truth. I, we dated somebody younger. Yeah, that's true. I can't think of anything else, but it runs deep. <laughs> Both are shorter. That's, That's also true. true. Yeah. I think the only thing is I don't sing and Tiffany does. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I met Tiffany at Access. Mm-hmm. And then you got with Tyler. Yep. And I always thought that Tyler was weird. Yep. I, you know what? A lot of people did. <laughs> <laughs> but I have grown to respect your opinions. I appreciate that. No, it's true. <laughs> like, I was like, you made me make me think. Like, I may not 100% agree, but then I get home and I'm like, I could, s- I see that now, which is cool. Yeah, he does that to me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyler was homeschooled though, so of course you're not going to necessarily <laughs> think he's normal at first. I think that's pretty normal, so I can't, I can't blame anyone for that. So, we are still continuing our, uh, what do you call it? Infertility series? Yes, we are still continuing it. So Tiffany and Tyler are actually still going through with it. So I think it's a very different, um, what do you call it, perspective. Because there's a difference when you've been through it and when you're actually going through it. Yeah. So I don't know how you guys want to start from the beginning. I don't know where you guys want to start. So Maybe start how you met. Yeah. yeah. Go through that and then. You always look at me for that. <laughs> so I just looked at her. <laughs> uh, I met Tyler through his sister, Amanda. We, She was interning at the time at Access, and I was volunteering in the worship team. And she had me, She we hit it off. We were at Pastor Kurt's house, and we both ran to the dog because we were dog people. And we both liked each other. She had me come over to her house. I met the whole family except for Tyler because Tyler was at a camping trip. And then a few weeks I later. A, I was a camp counselor. You're a camp counselor, yes. Yeah. I the, did not know that. <laughs> you didn't. And then a few weeks later, a few weeks later, I bumped into the whole family. Like Corey was in town. No, not Corey. Claire was in town. Corey was here and I met everyone. I said hi. And apparently from that point, Tyler was like interested. Like, Tyler. Is that true, Tyler? All right, so I got back. So I was a summer camp counselor. Uh, Wait, was a, were you a kids counselor or mm-hmm. a youth? Well, it was for younger youth. Like, uh, no, probably like 10, oh, okay. 10 or so. Okay. Around the age, yeah. Interesting. Yep. So I, oh, I did not mute my phone. That is not bad. First podcast in Benway. So <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me. Feel cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's okay. We feel cool too. <laughs> With our three listeners. <laughs> Just kidding. Love it. Well, actually, you know, we, we probably should listen to uh, the episode, episode, other episodes as well. We haven't, we haven't done that yet. So I, um, well, they're not out yet. They're not out yet. No. So we will be listening yeah. to them. Yeah, we will. We'll be there. Um, so that's <clears throat> They come out next week. So if this, if this podcast is like five stars, the other ones are like four because we're not on them, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So we, uh, we met, I got back. The way it works is you always get a new cabin on Monday. And so they come in on Monday and they stay and they leave in like Friday. So you have like two days. You can either stay on camp at camp or you can go back to your house. I go back for some reason on, it's right. It's like a, a two hour drive. So it's a lot of times you don't normally I didn't. And I came back and I remember going to church for his life and the whole family's walking in. Frankly, I can't even remember that Corey and Claire were there. I, in, I, I, don't, I don't even remember that, but that's because someone else was on my mind. That was Tiff. So she came in, <laughs> we're all walking down hallway. She comes in, she's rushed. She's going in between servants, getting ready to, to sing. And she goes around like the loop. We kind of like circle up. We're all talking and she has to go. So she gives everyone hugs. As a byproduct of her knowing my family, I got a hug. <laughs> and that was pretty cool. So at that moment, I was like, she's pretty hot. And <laughs> I kid you not. No, I'm like, well, she's extremely kind, extremely attractive. Thanks. And I was, I was, that was pretty cool. So at the time, I'm probably like 18 years old. <laughs> and I'm 24. Yeah, she's a little yeah. older than I am. But to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany looks much, she's always looked very youthful. I feel like not anymore, but you know what? It's fine. I think you still look the same. Do you? Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> you double entendre. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah, so we came back, and then I... Tyler looks older. <laughs> yeah. But eventually we, you know, you come over for my sister's birthday, mm-hmm. and we're hanging out. We're playing on the Wii doing like Disney sing it, that kind of stuff. He serenaded me with what does the fox say? Yeah, which I don't <laughs> think was on Disney sing it. I don't even know how he did that one necessarily. I don't know. But I did sing what does the fox say. And then I remember not, I was like, really enjoyed our time together. But I was like, I'm not going to be the one to reach out on Facebook. And I had your account pulled up. I was like, I was about to do it. I'm like, nah, you know what? If this is supposed to happen, she'll reach out. <laughs> she reached out. And I'm like, okay, I guess it means we're getting married. Now, for me, <laughs> I've always have gotten along better with guys. So when I hung out with him a little bit, I was like, he seemed like a really cool dude. Like, I wouldn't mind being his friend. So I was like, I'm just going to send him a friend request. And then the messaging happened. And we would message back and forth. For probably It was probably like a week of constant messaging. And by and constant, like all day. Like basically. all day, yeah. And I started picking up on some of his vocabulary and I was like oh my gosh I think this dude might like me and I'm like I can't do this 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 guy is like a baby he's only 18 years old you know I'm like I'm 24 like I can't do that so I'm like people have died (laughs) people have died much younger (laughs) so I I kind of try hinting to him I'm like no you're, you're too young and he just 
he he's the first guy who had ever just told me, you know what, I no, I like you and I'm pursuing you because I, I see so much value in you. Um, I've never had, had a guy ever approach me with that much intent. And that really threw me off. So I started questioning. We weren't sure. We started praying. We prayed for about a month because you ended up telling me that you wanted to date me. I said no. We talked about it a little bit. My fear was I was friends with Amanda, and I did not want to ruin my relationship with her. And I also really respected and valued the family because I had already experienced them, and they were so kind that I'm like, I don't want to, <laughs> like, ruin things. So I, I just said no. And then I think I can't remember exactly what happened. After I said, let's pray about it. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm like, well, listen, <clears throat> you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. I was <laughs> So I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was pretty upfront because I didn't want to, I was at a point in my life, 18 years old, going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have time to date for fun. Like I want to get married and I didn't want to be engaged in a relationship that couldn't, that didn't start with the understanding that that, that was the intent. Which shocked me hearing that from I've never heard this side of the story, like, ever. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just one day, like, because we knew each other. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you guys are dating. Cool. Like, I didn't know ever the background story. Did you, Bert? No, I mean, the only thing I knew was Tyler from volunteering. I mean, yeah. but the only reason I knew Tyler was because of David. Oh, okay. All right. See you, made- you knew David. Yep. I knew David. And then David's like, you guys should hang out. <laughs> so then we did. We so- made... We made the cafe cool. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to say that we that were the best. Era. That was yeah. an era. Yeah. I'm not going to say that was the best generation of the cafe because. It was. It was. Okay. Was Someone else said it. I'll it agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I keep forgetting how young you were. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I knew at the time that you were that young. It just didn't. Yeah. I don't remember that, I guess. That was my main, that was one of my biggest fears was his age. But he, he showed a lot of maturity even within those conversations that we were having. And what kind of confirmed it for me is within that month where we were praying, I had asked my dad to pray with us. And I had asked God a specific question. I was like, Dad, I, I'm asking the Lord a question, and I'm just like, can you pray about it? I'm not going to tell you what the question is. He goes, he prays days later he comes back and tells me he's like I feel like the Lord told me grab a piece of paper and pen and write this down <clears throat> and it said I the father have given you what you've asked for and at that time I was like that doesn't answer my question I don't know what the heck you're talking about <laughs> and my mom was like I remember mom I, I've always had a, a type that I liked I've always liked tall guys with you know this is one of my favorite parts <laughs> <laughs> tell them tell them how well I did on the checklist <laughs> I I was always attracted to taller men with dark hair, blue eyes, and my mom check 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 check, check, check. <laughs> and I, I my mom I remember one Sunday we were going to church. She's like, "Mija, what else are you asking for?" Like I'm like, "What do you mean?" I was so blinded by the age and everything yeah. else. He's like, "He's tall." I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "He has brown hair." I'm like, "Okay." And he has blue eyes. He's literally the things that you've asked for. I'm like, "Oh, you know what? I didn't even." I had not even noticed that because I was so blinded by all the like negative mm-hmm. aspects of it. But yeah. So then with the cool thing too is I remember earlier on that year, 
who was it? It was Deontay, Jordan, myself, and a few other people. We had made like a promise that for six months we wouldn't date or do anything in regards to that. And when he came into the picture, it was about one month left before my promise was done. So he asked me on the last day of the six months to, to be his girlfriend. I didn't even know you had a pack, six month pack. I was going to say that yeah. sounds foolish with Tyler standing there waiting. <laughs> well, and it's cool. The cool thing, I, I love how like God was in it the whole time. Because when I was, I remember when I was in my 20s, I was like, Dad, like, I don't understand. I, I want to find who this guy is so I can start dating and we can get married and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't know. I just feel like the Lord is saying he's he's maturing him. He's just, he's growing him. He's maturing him. And I think about it. I'm like, when I was 20, this dude was 15 years old. That wouldn't have worked out. So did you know about the pact? Like this whole um, not dating? It, it came up, it came up a little bit later. No, you know, so like we, I asked out the last day because I knew that she had the pact. And so I was understanding that that wouldn't take place until that kind of wrapped up. But that was kind of the whole point anyway. It was like, well, if it's supposed to work, it's going to work, right? And that's the, that was kind of the faith in the situation was um, understanding that. Yeah. So you guys get together. Then we got married. And got married, got obviously. Married. Like yes. Next day. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you guys been married? It's going to be seven years this August. Seven years. Yeah, and it was not the next day. Just to be clear. Was <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. I feel like you guys were engaged forever. Oh my gosh, yes. We dated for a year, and a year exact to when we were dating. And then we were supposed to get engaged August of the following year. But things happened, so we were engaged for about, was it a year and a half? Almost two years, I think. It was a long engagement. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, lots of complications of why uh, it was going so long. We were, things with like, you know, family was planning on building a wedding and they didn't do that because there's just issues township. with the township. Yeah, township yeah. issues. Sure. Good old government. Good old government. Yes. Actually, it was the community. It was the crazy part. Good old community. <laughs> <laughs> but it ended up working out at the end because just the time frame of everything. He was still in school either way. Like, but by the time we got married, you, I think, only had a semester left to graduate. Mm-hmm. So it ended up working out yeah. better in the long run. So point is, you guys got married. We got so married. Yay. Did it. <laughs> seven years. Yeah, seven that wedding years. was hectic. <laughs> yeah, you guys were our uh, master mistress of yeah. the wedding. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. I I told her yeah. I would do it again. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. That yeah. was awesome. It was a good wedding. It was just hot. Yeah, it was very. See, I don't remember it being hot, but I had other things on my mind, like getting um, married and having <laughs> sex. Yeah. <laughs> I oh honest. my gosh! <laughs> story for another time. All the things that this dude would tell me. On the wedding day, wedding day, we're taking pictures. The things that he would say. I kind of broke your You're gonna use one yes. phrase. You're gonna say oh, just one. Let's it just was, say they were appropriate for a married couple. He just grabbed my butt. He's like, "It's happening tonight. Tonight's the night." <laughs> I was like, "Tyler, the photographer's right there, dude." Well, and now you can I say all these things freely. I have a way with words. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, shame. It's valid and it's real. I do remember that being a joke because we constantly reference Finding Nemo with you guys about touching the butt. butt, Yeah. (laughs) That was a good joke. When I love the picture of the four of us and Jasmine, no one would know, but Jasmine was touching my butt. You were? (laughs) I don't remember that. (laughs) But that sounds like me. 
So, yeah, that was funny. Well, it makes me wonder if I did that to Tyler. <laughs> Probably did. Maybe. <laughs> He's like, maybe. It's possible. No. But, you know, it's valid. You guys are married. You guys can have sex. You guys can have fun. Yep. And, and we didn't we didn't have sex until we were married. That's true. Yay. That's true. Very tempted. Uh, many times. Very tempted. Close a few times, too. But Very tempted. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. You guys we made, made it. it. We made it. So big props to you. Mm-hmm. And you guys <laughs> got us our hotel room. Yes. For our first so night. You guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, you guys were, first we thought that we were going to, <laughs> for, you you were working at a hotel. Yeah. And we thought we were going there. Hotel. And then you, you, you pulled a big Uno reverse card, brought us to the <laughs> fanciest hotel in Grand Rapids, which is really cool. So that it was, was, a, really, it was a really cool moment. Yeah. I didn't know you guys didn't know it was at Amway. No, well, because I, I worked I really, right next to it, basically. I really wanted to do that way until I was like, we can't afford that. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. So we were on our way, and I was like, why are we pulling up to the Amway? <laughs> yeah, Bert was, was so sweet. Were we following you, or were you yeah. driving? Yeah, we're you following followed, you. Yeah, yep. you followed me because you had to leave for your honeymoon the next day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first, okay, so on that note, a funny note. We, when we left, about a mile down the road, you pulled over at the gas station. You ran in. You bought us condoms. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you did. You did. That did not happen. No, it did. It totally did. I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah that sounds all right. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Are you sure? I didn't. Why did you remember it? I don't remember. It was like you're making this up. And then Bert grew wings and flew away. <laughs> I do remember stopping at the gas station. I do remember that. So <laughs> that was a wait for it, bona fide fact. <laughs> okay, so you guys are married. Yes. And then when I guess when did all the infertility stuff I guess started? Because correct me if I'm wrong. You from the beginning you said. You weren't sure if you wanted kids or right. you didn't want kids. Right. I'm not really sure yeah. where you, what were you saying? So when we were dating, well, we were engaged. We talked about what our family would look like. And for a while we were like, yeah, let's have kids. Maybe you want like three or four. <clears throat> we get married and I go, I go through a moment of uh, just kind of questioning a lot of that. And I think part of it was a lot of pressure that I was getting from family members and, and friends of like, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? I'm like, I literally, I don't want a baby. I don't want any kids. I don't know if I want kids anymore. <clears throat> and I, and that was me on my selfish side of things because that wasn't even me trying to you know, figure out what, you know, what does Tyler feel or think about it. I was just like, no, very adamant. I don't want to have kids anymore. Did you want kids growing up? Like, yeah. was that a dream? Yeah, yeah. I always loved babies. Like, when at church, you would always find me holding a baby all the time. And I was really good with kids. But I did a lot of, at that time, from, like, 11 years old till I was 18, I did a lot of Sunday school stuff. So, for I think at the end of that, I was kind of burned out with the children. So, I didn't really care for them. I, I wanted kids for my own. But then once we got married, I, I don't, I honestly don't know what the shift was in my mind. I went to a moment where I was like, I do not want kids. I would even, I, I think part of it too, I was, when I was working at Res Women's Ministry on Thursday, on Thursday mornings, there are kids running 
everywhere screaming. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot, <laughs> like, I can't do this. So that, that there is an element of like, I don't, I don't want to deal with, with that. And then there was a change of heart. I don't, I, I can't recall exactly how that happened, but by the end of 2019, I, I kind of started softening to the idea of maybe having kids. And actually, January 1 of 2020 was, we woke up that morning, and I just remember telling Tyler, I'm like, I think this is the year. Like, let's, let me get off of birth control, and let's just see what happens. So, Tyler, when Tiffany was saying she didn't want any kids, what were you thinking and how you were feeling? So, in general, I'm, I'm fairly reserved with, like, what I want. And so I, if Tiffany didn't want to have kids, it's not something I was going to push. So I, I normally, I normally allow that to be a little bit more of like a collaborative decision. And so she didn't want to have kids in my mind. I could work out what that looked like. I don't think that was ideal mentally for me. You know, I grew up with a family of four. I was the second youngest and I felt like four was, was like pretty perfect, right? Like you had someone that everyone could relate to and it wasn't like the one kid or like one, two kids. The dynamic with, with four is probably about perfect and there was two girls, two boys. So in my head, it was always very fond. And like you said earlier, it's homeschooled. <laughs> and so, you know, we spend a ton of time together. Right? Nothing so, wrong with homeschooled. Yeah. We're just like making fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a fair shot. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you grow up and, and your family's everything. And you spend all the time with each other. And so, you know, you wake up with your family. We did devotions together. Mom would lead us through devotions. And we would spend all day together doing different, like going through curriculums. And yeah, you just spend a lot of time together. And so for me, I've always I've always wanted to have that. That's always something that I thought would be very nice. And I thought it was a big blessing to have parents that poured as much into us as they did very blessed with, with good parents and they were very selfless and it it's always to me been something that I feel like would be like one of the kindest things you could do is have kids and take care of them and pour into them and love them which is crazy how respectful you were at the time with Tiffany about not having kids because that's like a big topic that's like a big decision you know yeah like in the married couple marriage you know do you want to have kids do you, you know who want to have kids yeah. and if one is not for it you know the other one feels very yeah I don't know but I've it's like negative towards it and yeah. you were more like open to it well you know what let's see how that looks like you know which is I think it you know it's he, cool he showed me a lot of compassion and grace and because around that time I was also spiritually like not okay and I was, 2019 was the year where I was questioning my faith and almost to the point of walking away from Christ type of thing. So for him to, there was a lot of, we had a lot of like hard moments. I was just not mentally and spiritually or physically like doing okay. And maybe that's a topic, topic for a different you know, time, but to the point of just like even suicidal, like I was just not okay. Yeah. So for like, he showed me even like, I, I feel like sometimes the, the vocabulary that I would use in regards to not wanting to have kids 
may have been coming from a place of of almost like attacking as well. Like I'm like I don't want it, and I know you don't want it, so I'm gonna let you know you don't want. It. Like I don't want it. Yeah. I was just very. I was not okay. So he, in you know, instead of reacting to that and being aggressive, he sh- he really did show me a lot of like love and kindness in that season. Tyler's like, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Which is a big of a person because in marriage, yeah. you know, um, you can become defensive or, you know, react towards like an anger, you know, versus yeah. like being okay, like what's going on. Yeah. It's, you know, and we, Brett and I have been married, what, 10 years? And we. It'll be 10 years in April. And we, even we struggle with that, you know, like. How do we come to this and not being defensive about it? Yeah. You know? yeah we fight all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. But but I have a saying, if you don't fight, then you're not willing to fight for your marriage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But anyway, so you trying to, so you kind of come to the idea that you want to have kids in 2020. Yep. Okay. So at that point, Tyler and I, or more so, I started becoming really close to one of my friends, Miranda. In 2020, was, you know, COVID. So I started talking to her about how I was interested about having a kid. She's like, we're also thinking about having a kid this year. I was like, oh, perfect. That's amazing. Like, not thinking whatsoever that I was going to have any form of complications. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying, we're community, like, whatever. Her and I are talking through Marco Polo, and I'm like, so how's it going, blah, blah, blah. Nothing. We hit probably, I want to say, the beginning of summer, maybe. She gives me a phone call. And I'm like, this is different. Like, this is not Marco Polo. I'm like, I think she's going to tell me that she's pregnant. And I pick up the phone, and yeah, she's pregnant. And we're excited for her, super, you know, happy. And that's when I'm starting to question, okay, like, what's going on? Like, why haven't I gotten pregnant yet? Because it, it took a hot second for them to get pregnant, too. No, they, so, I mean, no, I don't think they were wanting to have kids for a while. Yeah, but it wasn't like they, like, oh, it's yeah, not like it the was, next was, week. Oh, for sure, they for got sure. Because they started, they also started in the beginning of the year. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think they got pregnant sometime in like the beginning of summer or something like that. Yeah. So for a while it felt normal. Like yeah. You guys had yeah. this, right? It felt very yeah. normal. Yep. And then it was, it was like, oh, wait, it's not normal. Yeah. Cause there's, after, there's yeah. a shift that happened. Yeah. So I, I think I was still pretty optimistic. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Like, she just got pregnant. It's fine. Might, like, I'll get pregnant soon. And we're coming close to the end of the year. And she's popping. You know, her <laughs> belly's popping. And, and she looks beautiful. She looks great, right? And I'm like, why am I still not pregnant? Like, what's going on? So then uh, I started doing research into it. And, and I come to realize they, they officially categorize you as infer- having infertility if if it's over a year so i'm like okay there's still time <laughs> i'm like we're not there yet and then 2021 hits and and we're still nothing there's nothing happening uh so then 2021 was there's a lot happening <laughs> <laughs> meaning you're having lots of sex yeah but nothing's happening <laughs> but nothing's happening so then so you're like, practicing <laughs> you're practicing there's a lot of, a lot practicing. of practicing. we thought we were doing more than practicing <laughs> So 2021 comes and okay, we, we have to figure out what's going on. So start going to doctor visits. I go to the OB and she's like, well, let's do an ultrasound. Let's see what's going on in there. They f- 
found a si- was that 2021 no it's when the Ken passed away 2020 2021 it's been about i'll I take a on it i'm bad with this it's been about two years since his passing um i end up uh, she ends up finding a cyst by my right ovary and she's like this is nine centimeters which is a which is pretty big i think it's it's the size of what like a lemon or i can't no, no, no bigger no. than that no it's not it's not bigger nine centimeters Mm-mm. no it's bigger though it's way bigger than what it should be it was big yeah like a normal size of a cyst i think they say it was anywhere between oh yeah a this, normal but like below three a normal cyst is yeah mm-hmm. so, so she this says is triple the size of a normal cyst yeah so she says let's wait two months let's normally within two cycles uh your cyst can you know get small and disappear so hold on were you having normal cycles this whole time I've never had normal cycles ever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The only time I did was during birth control. Okay. So um, we go two months later and it's gotten from nine centimeters to 13 centimeters, which is now cons- it's like the size of a grapefruit. And we go in, she's talking to us about the size. She says, you're going to need surgery. We're going to have to test to see if this is cancerous or not because it's, it's growing. So, there's a moment of fear of like, crap, like, could I possibly have, you know, cancer? Freak moment <laughs> there. We get back to the car and I'm just like overwhelmed of like, what is going on? Like, what is going on with my body? So we schedule the surgery. I go in. They remove, they drain out the cyst. <laughs> they drain out the cyst. And while she's, I while I'm recovering, I'm, I, no, I was, yeah. I was doing the same surgery. Yeah. We go home and... I'm told that that while she was in there, she found that I had endometriosis. I not once <laughs> knew that I had that. My they they say normal symptoms are irregularity, so that was obviously something. But they say that you're supposed to have like really bad, painful cramps, and I would have bad cramps, but I thought they were just like normal i never came to a place where i was like oh my gosh i can't do anything i can't walk or because i hear stories of people who have that and they'll say that it's like really really painful i never felt like i was at that point so who knows how long i had endometriosis and for people who don't know what is endometriosis oh gosh i can't i don't even know how to explain it it's almost like there's a whole bunch of little holes that are being made in your uterus i think if i remember right so she had to cauterize them do you remember? I thought they were. I thought they were growths. Growth, growths or yeah. holes. I can't remember which one it is. I don't. They they did have to cauterize it though. Mm-hmm. Whether it was growing, <laughs> or an area was disappearing, it needed to be cauterized. Yeah, I can't remember. Google it, Bert. Google it right now. <laughs> <laughs> what I is? thought it was like extra lining on a uterus or something like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. remember. No, it's normally it. It looks in the photos. It's like black, like black chunks, like almost like strands. Okay. Not, not quite strands, but it looks like a. I, I still know, have a, the picture. Imagine like today. a Cheeto, like a Cheeto, what? but black. It's a tissue that lines the uterus, grows outside the uterus in places where it doesn't belong. Okay. Yeah, in the photo, like the growth, the way it comes across in the images, it looks like the size of Cheetos. <laughs> I'm never gonna look at you guys the same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) There it is. Okay, so you had a cyst, and then you 
mm-hmm. also found out that you have endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I still at that point uh, don't know if like I'm necessarily the problem. So that even sounds bad to say. So Tyler goes in to get just to make sure is he okay. He goes in, he gets work done, and he is thriving. <laughs> His little swimmers are doing what was it a above average slightly above average so okay (laughs) (laughs) go there jasmine let's back up (laughs) so tyler yep you had to put yourself in a cup (laughs) i had to go into the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) was this at home or at the place no this was at the place i was like okay there's so many like things you have to do to do it properly at home like, I'm not going to do this and then go there and out, like within an hour and give them a bag and be like, yep, it's good. <laughs> and within the last hour, you, you're good. Trust me on it. I'm like laughing because Bert did it at home and it was a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> so, so you actually went to the place. Yeah, okay, Bert, we should, um, I don't know if we want to discuss the differences between the experiences. So you go in and you're kind of, you, you know, you, you don't really know what it's going to be like to masturbate in a clinical facility. <laughs> so like, you don't, you don't know what it's going to be like, but it, it felt like what you'd expect. Very sterile. Mm-hmm. It was extremely sterile. It's very weird. I didn't want to do it. Um, but I did. Would you rather do it around and her? I, I did pretty good. Not gonna lie. I did. <laughs> I did a pretty good job. I'm saying, would you rather <laughs> masturbate in front of Tiffany <laughs> or know that she's like in the next room? Not even necessarily. No, I, you know. Because I'm sure she doesn't want to watch that. I know Jasmine didn't want to watch it. Probably not. Yeah. No, I'd, I'm looking at Tiffany right now. Is that, would you want to see that? You know, my <laughs> curiosity self probably would have. I'm curious. You're like. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> you're like, we need to explore like, wait a minute. How does that. How does that work? <laughs> so I do. I put in my years of experience. <laughs> <laughs> and to work. And I, I hand over this, this little bag and, you know, it's like you got to go in the cup and you got to like seal it up and you got to hand it over. Um, and at that point, you know, it was. At this point, I hadn't done, I hadn't done that test, and I hadn't wanted to for two reasons. One of them was like I didn't want to masturbate, you know. So, a little bit of, I guess, like a, a different part of a story is like you know, I was exposed to porn. I was very young. I was very young. A close friend showed it to me, and you know that's something that I struggled with in tandem with masturbation for a long time. Why put yourself in that situation? Yeah. Why would I want to put myself in yeah. that situation? And so I, I didn't want to do that. The only other option was that they stick a needle in your balls. And like, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to have a needle. No, that was an yeah, option. That was the thing. That was, I'm pretty sure. It's like, yeah, I'm listen, like, I got the vasectomy. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> when you're done having kids. Take your stuff out. Uh-uh. You got to carry the baby for nine months exactly. and push it out. You're getting the surgery. If, but <laughs> what I'm saying okay, is... Full if, disclosure, if, though. When Britt got the... Well, you tell them. If you, okay. Before we do that, if you have C-sections, 
you're already in there. <laughs> Take the extra stuff out and <laughs> put it back together. They already got to put it all back together. Yeah, but we weren't sure we were done. Yeah. So that, I, that was, that's why. Yeah. Anyway, so at true. the time, we didn't know if we were done. If we would have had another kid, there ain't no way that that wouldn't have been the option. <laughs> we would have definitely been doing that. Um, what did you want me to talk about? The vasectomy itself? Okay. So he, Bert just had a bad experience. I think you're the only one that I know of. Well, maybe one other person had it. I know two. You and somebody else had a very bad experience towards vasectomy. I felt everything. Oh, Oof. dang. He had an old dude. I had like an 85-year-old dude, and I could feel the pulling. I, I could feel <laughs> <laughs> the cutting. Oh, my god! I could feel like the heat from the... You didn't say anything? Oh, I said something, and he's like, oh, you shouldn't be able to feel anything. Let me do but something about that. Let me continue as normal. But he continued as normal, <laughs> and yeah, so. Thanks. Snip, snip, do you feel that? So don't go yes, there. Yes, I did feel that. Don't go so, there. So, yeah. And I saw the smoke from the oh, cauterizing. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Because you're just sitting on, you're sitting Wait, on a okay. chair like this. Did you, <laughs> did you, did you smell the smoke? I did. Oh, no. Yes. It does not smell good. <laughs> no, it does not it smell good. It does not smell good. So, so I would not I would not argue with you not wanting to have a needle in yeah. there yeah. because I got cut I appreciate open. that. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a weird it was a bit of a weird moral situation. But eventually when I could get my head in the right space, I was able to shake the stick. Take um, one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> you know so, Wait, you said there were two reasons. One was that, that was one. Was, that was one. The other one is I I didn't want to, you know, you're there's a point in your life where I, I jokingly said earlier that I was 18 and I was having a midlife crisis, but you do get older. And one of the things that you come to term with when you're getting older is that your body's not working as well as it used to. And so I was, I was pretty afraid of the fact that I would go do something and then I would have been medically diagnosed that, you know, like I had a problem. It just wasn't like a super positive outlook. I was like, I'm going to do this thing. And then the other option is that, you know, Tiff has the problem. So it's one of us that has a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those things, when I was able to give my, 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 my head in the right space, I didn't want to, Tiff had been struggling a lot. And it wasn't, it wasn't fair for me to not go through the tests that I could go through to try to figure out like if I was, contributing and try to try to resolve that and it was weird I remember telling you this Tiff a couple weeks ago I I I wanted to like actually have the results come back negative so it could take like the relief so so it could take some off of Tiffany and and it didn't like you come out with above average (laughs) yeah I guess it came out with above average (laughs) which you know just both of us were the problem when we yeah, got I tested. Was, so, it, I mean, I think you did the right thing, you know, because, yeah, we were both the problem, you know. And yeah. it, you know, from what I learned with Jen and Jason is that it's 50%. It's yeah. 50-50 with infertility, which I didn't know. Like you, most of the time, everybody has a mentality is always a girl, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went, we tested it, and it turned out. I was making a bunch of Michael Phelps. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, so you got tested. Got tested. 
So that was kind of relieving in a sense, but then also for me very much like, oh crap, it's me then. Mm-hmm. And that year to add on to 2021, the stress of we're now considered, in, like I'm considered someone who's struggling with infertility. We lose Pastor Ken. He, we move into, this is all on, happening yeah, on around the- note, the, though, On the note, Pastor Ken was a mentor to you. Yeah. And he's the one that really got you involved. Yeah. I res and kind of pulled you through and got you to your dream job. Yeah. Right. So that was all. He was a yeah. big figure in your life. He was like my second dad. Yeah. He was really special. And I remember before he, <laughs> he would pray over me sometimes during the season where I didn't want to have kids. During my evaluations, he'd be like, and God, we pray for those babies. Amen. I was like, Ken, <laughs> I don't want any. <laughs> and before he left to his treatment, I remember telling him, because mind you, during this time, we hadn't told anybody that we were trying. Like the only person that knew was really Miranda and David because of the journey that we decided to go together with it. And I remember going into Ken's office before he left and I was like, hey, I just, I just need you to know, like. Tyler and I are trying. We've been struggling to get pregnant, but we we are trying to have a baby. And it just brought him such a huge smile. So when he passed, he he I get surgery. Two weeks later, Ken passes away. Pastor Ken passes away. So then dealing the grief of that and then dealing with the grief of like, oh no, like he really wanted me to have a baby. And now like, will I have a baby? He's never gonna see it. What if he like a whole bunch of questions? And then we move out of our apartment to move into Tyler's parents' house because we're looking into buying a house. So to add on top of that, and I was going through things at work that was adding, you know, there was just a lot of stress that probably did not help with trying to get, you know, pregnant. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if you have anything about that. How was the surgery? Surgery was great. I I went in, closed my eyes, and I came out. The recovery wasn't too bad either. I, I think I actually have a really high pain tolerance. Uh, of course you do. <laughs> so we joke that Tiffany and Bert actually have more in common because... We definitely do. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys have the same personality. Yeah. The fact that you could go through that procedure, <laughs> feeling everything, yeah. that's insane. I, I would have yeah. I would have demanded something. <laughs> yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, it's, you know, oh, that's what I wanted to say. Somebody told me about, like, stress. You know, the three biggest stress is transitioning from a job, moving, and kids. Mm. So, for you, have, like, yeah. two out of the three, yeah. it's, that's hard. Yeah. Like, I can't, yeah, it, it is stressful. Yeah. Yeah. There is a whole battle of there is a, a moment of just, I did this to myself. Like I, I said, I didn't want to have kids. It's my fault that we're not able to have kids. And, and even after, so I, I get the surgery done. I go in, do a checkup. The doctor's like, yep. So now you are clean. Like we, the, the fact that they treated the endometriosis, it's you're fresh. Like now is the time to get pregnant. I'm like, okay, well, how do I deal with the endometriosis? Cause they said, even after they treat it, it can come back two years later. So well, we could put you on birth control. I'm like, woman, that defeats the purpose of mm-hmm. me trying to get pregnant. Yeah. So uh, we uh, we're like, okay, like hope kind of rises back up of like, okay, now you know whatever the problem was is gone. We thought we found it. We thought we found the problem and we solved it, and let's go try to make more babies. 
and then nothing. <laughs> we go through the that whole year and no, no, no. That was the same year that we f- we went to the fertility center, isn't it? Yeah. Were your cycles normal after that? So after the surgery, I didn't have a cycle for months and they said that was normal okay. because it, you know, the trauma that I just experienced. Okay. So we tried for a few months and nothing's happening because that was that was when did can August August eighth so that was around August we we're going into probably like the middle of fall and still nothing so we end up going to the fertility center we go in we do we go in we do blood work they send me to go do blood work and we come back to talk about the what they found and pretty much the report that she was giving me was getting me to a place where like, okay, we're just not going to have kids. She was saying that I was going through like pre-menopause. So I, I didn't really have much eggs left over to, to have kids, that it was probably a hereditary thing, which I came to find out afterwards. Like I remember calling my mom. I'm like, mom, like, did you ever have problems getting pregnant? She said, nope. But she had all three of us by the age of 25, I think. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I'm 34 now. We started in 2020. It's 2023. So she, 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 I told her what the lady had said. And she said, well, I actually started experiencing menopause symptoms in my thirties. She's like, and I stopped having a cycle in when I was like 50. I said, oh, that would have been good to know. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that, that, that kind of confirmed what the doctor had said. And then on top of that, she said, your TPO levels are really high doesn't explain to me what TPO is, but she says you need to get those down. So we're going to put you on, I don't know if it's pronounced right, levothyroxine medication. I don't know. Do you, what, what is TPO? So TPO uh, is pretty much hinting that my it's an underlying thing to my thyroid. Okay. So TPO, it, it attacks your autoimmune system. Okay. But it will also attack the fetus if okay. you got pregnant. So it would lead to miscarriages. We didn't figure that out until later. Yeah. And mind you, there, there were times during those that first like two years where we would have sex and my cycle would be a little bit late. And I maybe like a day or two before I, sh- I need to go take a test to see if I'm pregnant, I would get a this has only happened maybe two or three times in that time frame, a very, very sharp, sharp, sharp pain. And mind you, again, like I have really high pain tolerance. The first one, I remember like just like getting in a fetal position. It hurt so much and it lasted about a minute and then a few hours later, bleeding. Mm. And then the second time it happened, it literally threw me to the ground. Like I remember standing up and the pain came and I just fell to the ground and I it was really, really painful. And then the same thing a few hours later, bleeding. And I don't know, like there are moments where I'm like, was I pregnant and did I just like lose like the baby yeah wouldn't be able to know now but it would make sense now if it if my tpo levels were high and if i did conceive it saw it as in something to you know try to get rid of my body so so we leave <laughs> that appointment i left very discouraged i was really glad that he came with me because i, d- I just didn't know how to process what was told to me and she made it sound like it was very urgent for us to take action into things. And then we don't hear back from them. So this is one of my, this is, th- this part right here 
is when I got like really mad. I got really mad because this Tyler is Tyler never gets mad. Tyler never gets mad. <laughs> I got I got really mad because we went in and this I think this is like like really hurts your perspective of the medical system. Yeah. Right? Because they act as like the key giver of like we can fix your problems or we're the only ones that can help you out. And so you're you're in a position where you're dependent on them to solve your problems which is a very emotionally constrained place. It's either positive or negative based on the person you're interacting with. But the first person we were interacting with, the, the doctor who did surgery on TIF and took care of the endometriosis, fantastic person. Amazing experience. Went above and beyond. Did a phenomenal job. So it was really frustrating because you go there and they give you this long list of the things that are wrong. And then they give you this long list of things that you can do to correct it. And how you have to time everything perfectly. And then they're going to interact with you. They're going to follow up. They're going to tell you how to do things. Mm -hmm. And they make it sound like all hell is going to break loose. And you're probably not going to have kids. And there's like catching a lightning in the bottle kind of moment for this to happen. And to make sure that you have a bottle to attempt catching the lightning, you have to do all these things. And we're going to be there with you step by step. Well, it sounds like you were shooting lightning too. (laughs) (laughs) How? <laughs> Another flip side to that: How was it financially going to an infertility? Was it expensive? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Or was it covered trying, by insurance? So I I want to say a good chunk was covered by insurance. What was really expensive was actually the surgery. Okay. Our, our insurance covered a bit of that, but we we just actually finished paying off the like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, the bill for the surgery. surgery. Wow. And you had that surgery in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Good old healthcare system, mm, and you gotta love it. So good. <laughs> Anyways, we okay. we didn't go too far with the fertility center okay. because I. Well, so yeah, I would say we didn't go far because they didn't follow up. Yeah, they said we're gonna reach out and then we're gonna get you this. They said we're sending your prescriptions to like a CVS. He's like, don't worry, we'll follow up. We'll tell you what to do. Don't pick it up until we like talk to you. Mm. They never followed up. And so we had the we had CVS calling us saying they had the prescription ready without getting a single follow up from the doctor's office saying that we had to take it within like the next few days. Yeah. And so it was it was highly disrespectful to have had an experience like that where someone buries any visibility on hope and then gives you a microscopic light with them dangling it in front of you and then them ne- and then them never following up on it. Oh, and it was very cold. It went from from talking to the doctor to be sent to a nurse and the nurse was just very you can tell that they just do this a lot and and the, I understand that maybe you don't attach yourself to the emotion but the I, I felt like the nurse was so cold. Okay, now you got to do this. Do you have any questions? You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. And I'm, I'm still sitting there processing. Like, I was just told that I'm having menopause. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Like, and, and I, I could not even pay attention to what she was telling me to do because I was still stuck on what I was just told about, you know, my body. So thankfully you were there. But it was, it was a very, um, yeah, not a happy experience. And, and, and to... I guess to put a, um, a cap on that, I would obviously recommend going to a fertility center if you are struggling with. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I do. I, that too. I will say, like, I'm very thankful that they they're the ones that brought my attention to my thyroid. 
I had no idea I was going having any problems with my thyroid because so my 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 mom and my brother and my grandmother all from my mom's side they all have Hashimoto's which is hypo auto the hypothyroidism autoimmune disorder and I knew that so whenever I would go in for my annual checkups I would always tell the doctor can you please test my TSH levels don't know what the heck that means but I just know I need to go get that checked sure yeah and they would always come back in the in the normal range but TPO is like an underlying issue that I guess you, from what I'm hearing when I did my research on it, like there's a lot of symptoms like mood swings, infertility, irregular cycles, so many things that you can get with Hashimoto's that even if I kind of had an idea that it was that, if I went to the doctor and said, can you test for this? They will only test for your TSH levels and say, you're, you're fine. There's no problem. Well, I, I, but I know something's off. No, nothing's wrong. You're fine. They won't, you, you would have to ask for like an in, what are they called? And gosh, I forgot the type of doctor. Can't remember the type of doctor. You have to ask for a specific doctor to go get tested for, for the TPO. And even if you get to that point that that doctor might be like, you don't, we don't need to test it. Your TSH levels tested normal. So I will say the fertility center did at least bring to my attention that something else was off with me. But I didn't, I, I didn't have peace about it. I had to like inject my stomach with who knows what. And I was, I was freaking out. It was almost a blessing that they didn't call back. And they, yeah, they never called at all. Nothing. And I remember around that time, our church, our worship team was having a picnic. And I had talked to Josh because I know that they're really into like the boring clinic and a lot of more of like natural, going the natural way for things. And I kind of just asked his thoughts on on all of that. And he's he just he's like it recommended me to go to the Boring Clinic. I talked to Laura and she, because her mom worked at the Boring Clinic and she's a Thinka nutritionist. And she got a hold of her mom, recommended a book for me to read. Uh, I ended up going to the Boring Clinic. And we really did, we had a really good experience at the Boring Clinic. We had a very nice doctor. I think we sat there for like two hours just talking about what Hashimoto's was and how food affected it. And he, 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 I remember he was like, I don't want to even go after the infertility. He's like, I don't even want to, you know, say that you have infertility. I just want to focus on this first before we even try to focus on that. And he switched me because I was already, because of the fertility center, I was already taking that levothyroxine pill he said, I want to switch you towards a more natural option. So I started taking armor and I, and, and that was probably November, December of 2021 when we started doing that. Right. Sounds like sounds, sounds What's right. armor. Armor is the, it, it, I think from my understanding, it comes from the, from pig, from the pig. Okay. So it's, it's a similar pill to that other one, but it's more natural. It was stronger. It was a lot stronger. Okay. Well, it started off with the same dosage at first, and then he doubled it because we, so then 20 going into this year, I go in, get tested, and I've been taking the pill for about a month, and my numbers weren't going down. And, And he did tell me during that time, he's like, try, you know, avoid gluten, avoid dairy, and avoid nightshades. And... I, I would say probably around that, since I was trying to get pregnant, I was already tapping into a little bit of that. I was trying to avoid gluten. I was trying to avoid dairy. 
And when he told me that, I was like, okay, I'll try to do better. I did all right. And then I was, I was doing good with the gluten and the dairy. But the nightshades, those were really hard to let go because it was potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, a whole bunch of things that as a Mexican, <laughs> I like use a lot. Yeah, um, it's like, in yeah, you can't eat salsa. What the heck? I know. I know. It's been devastating. <laughs> so I go in for my checkup the following year and he's like, so how are we doing with the diet? I'm like, I'm doing really great with the dairy and I'm doing really great with the gluten. I'm still struggling with the nightshades. And he got really serious with me. And he's like, I really need you to not eat that. Like, don't eat it. I'm like, oh, okay. So so then I go into this whole life change of my diet. I, I had been working out for really consistently for about three years. But the my diet was always an issue for me. I, I love food, so I would always eat whatever. And it... it I, I had to completely change everything that I ate. And on top of that, we did like a food sensitivity test. And it turns out that I was sensitive to a ton of things. So I literally could not eat anything. I could only eat like chicken, rice, air, not, air <laughs> water. Like, I'm like, I, yeah. And that was, I mean, that added another level of stress. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a, it's a very long conversation. Yeah. It's still very active. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it hasn't come to a conclusion yet. So the the amount of things that we've tried, the amount of people that we've talked to, the amount of perspectives that we've heard, the amount of you name it, we've probably heard it. You name it, we've probably done it. Um, we literally can't even do like um, in vitro IVF. She didn't IVF, want to do yeah. IVF. Well, she said we couldn't. Yeah. She said like we. Oh couldn't yeah, because I didn't an, have that much. You couldn't even eggs. get an egg, so we couldn't even do IVF. So the infertility told you that you couldn't even do an IVF. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So if you want to talk about like hopeless, right? like <laughs> this is, you're kind of like drawing lines in the sand where it's like, wow, it doesn't seem like, okay, first of all, it's very hard to get pregnant. Yeah. And then, you know, we don't have any eggs. Yeah. And then if you get pregnant, then I can your, your body will attack the fetus. Mm -hmm. And we're getting older. So it's kind of like, you know, a laundry list of things that are preventing. Yeah. How are you doing spiritually with all of this? I honestly, the, probably the last, what was it? It was two weeks ago that I kind of took a week off from work. I was, I was not doing okay. I, I, I would have moments where I would be fine. But I was, Tyler and I have talked about it. It's been very, like, lonely. Because there's, like, there's people that I know that have you know, struggle with it, but have kids now. And I'm like, so happy for them. And then there, I only know one person who kind of really struggled with it and they, they don't have kids and they're now in their forties and she's been, she's been a blessing as well, but it's, it's really put to the test, like where I'm at with the Lord. I remember last year, Around February, we, we, in March, we had had a night of worship at Access, and we had done a collaboration. Access is a college oh, sorry. Age It's a young adults ministry at, at the church. And I, I headed the, the worship team there. So we collaborated with the Met by Love worship team, who is a, they're like a group that evangelizes and does worship. And one of their worship leaders, Sarah, she led us through a song that's called Give Me Jesus by Upper Room. It's like everyone's doing it right now, but she she sang it 
and I'm, I'm just singing along like normal. And she kind of does a ministry moment where she says, I just feel like there's some of you here who are struggling with control and you're holding on to something that you know you need to give to the Lord. And immediately I just, I just knew I'm like, oh crap, that's like the Lord's talking to me about this right now. And I remember I was on my knees and um, I, I got an image of, of me holding on to a baby. And it was like the Lord saying, just give me the baby. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't. And it's like, I need you to let that go. And I, I, I remember like a grieving moment of just, I had to release that baby to the Lord. And I was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And it still like sometimes brings, you know, emotions back, but. We can take a moment, seriously. (laughs) So I think the one thing that, you know, if you wanted to, if everything came back to a very consistent message, it was that there's nothing we could do mm-hmm. to change anything. Yeah. And I've always had a fairly passive perspective on it to begin with, but it's become reinforced every step that we've like we've taken. So you know, it's it's you you take for granted that you think that you can have kids, mm-hmm. right? Like you think you can have kids. You can, you can be very stupid and have kids. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't take a lot of talent. Which is annoying. You, it's very easy to have kids. A lot of people do it by mistake. Most, a lot of people, yeah, just very young, continually throughout your life. And so you always, you take that for granted. And the thing that I've had to come to terms with, and I think is, continual to re- rediscovery of what that actually means is that it's a God thing. And if something happens, it's going to be a God thing. And turns out that's been the case the entire time. Every, every step we've taken to see if we could, you know, get closer or we could fix it or we could chip in and we could do something has come up showing us like, no, actually you got more blockers. <laughs> you got, you got more, you got more roadblocks and there's something freeing in that, at least for me, <laughs> I think that Tiff is is coming to to feel that, and that eventually she eventually she will. Is that it's in God's hands, and there's nothing we can do. There's nothing that can be done that would change that. And it takes the, the it takes the pressure of delivery off of should yeah. take the pressure of delivery off of us, yeah. right? And you know, kind of like what I said in the beginning where I was talking about how if the relationship with Sif was going to happen, um, you know, it was going to happen. It was a God thing. I believe that I believe that firmly and it happened. Mm-hmm. And I have the same perspective with, with having kids. If it's going to happen, it's going to be a God thing. And I, I'm coming to, like, terms with that more and more because... Uh, when 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 that image happened, I remember times where like people would ask me, "How are you doing?" or just when when I would talk about it, I'd say things like, "Oh, God's got it in control. Like God has it. God has it." But in that moment, what I had realized is, 
even with me saying things like, God, you better hurry up. Like the clock is ticking. Like I'm turning 34. I'm turning this. I'm turning that. It was still a form of me holding on to trying to have control over the situation. And even recently, like everything, I would say, especially this, this year, in the last two weeks, I have been talking to the Lord about of like, I, I am, I'm done. Not that I'm done as, as far as like, I'm not hopeful, like I'm still hopeful, but I'm, I, there's a side that of me that thinks, okay, if this is the body that the Lord has given me and it's a temple for the Holy Spirit to dwell in, I do have a responsibility to take care of it. And if I've been told that I have issues with my thyroid and I have what I have to change my diet, then I'm going to do what I need to do to, to create a safe, healthy place for a baby to dwell in and for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. And this year, with all the diet changes, we ended up meeting a, a lady who, who owns a juice bar and was very kind with helping me kind of go through a detox and was helping me, giving me just information about how to eat healthy. And she was just very, she was a blessing. And I just finished, uh, what was it, like last month, this week of a juice cleanse. And we went to Chicago and did this cleansing treatment. I, I've done everything. And I remember telling the Lord, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm done doing what I feel like I need to do at this point. Like that was my last resort of doing anything and everything that I can to place my body in a position to be healthy. And two weeks ago, I was like, okay, Lord, this is, it's your time now. Like I, the amount of times of, we need to have sex now. We need to have sex now. We, or crap, my period arrived, like, oh, I'm not pregnant. And the amount of disappointment and the amount of pressure and pain and to, to like not even be able to be excited now for friends when they're, when you find out that they're pregnant I'm like, I just don't want to be controlled by that. I don't want, I don't want that to be what rules my life. I want to be excited for my friends. I want to be happy for them. And in order for me to do that, I need to release, release myself of it. And not that I'm not going to continue to take care of my body and my health. I'm still going to do my best to, but I'm no longer looking at like, how are my fluids today? <laughs> Is today a good day for, you know, for Ty and I to, because that, I mean, that in itself was also hurting, you know, our marriage. And you know, for Tyler, yeah, for him to be like, you only want to have sex with me to have, to have a baby. Um. <laughs> I felt that. <laughs> but then there's the side of, of, of like, I think we're both grieving this in so many different ways. And, and and he has the way that he does it. I know for me, I'm like I I'm I see it more often I think than he does. I don't know how often he probably thinks about it, and maybe he does think about it a lot. But I think for me, whenever I get a cycle, whenever I'm around a friend who's pregnant, whenever like you know, I'd get texts about praying for women who are about to go into an abortion clinic and ha- and get rid of their babies. Like I was constantly. My mind, everything was just children, babies, kids. It was consuming you. It was consuming me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was draining me as a person. It was draining me in so many different ways. So I, I, I feel released. I still, I think, in some senses, obviously grieve a lot of the things that I've experienced because I feel that as much as I've had control over the situation, I haven't had control over it, which is frustrating. But yeah. At the same time, like you, like you said, it is releasing. Because now I'm at the place where I'm like, Lord, if we have a baby, then it shows that it's completely you. But I'm, I'm done trying to do everything that I can to make this happen. And I feel like 
everybody that struggles with infertility, including us, we have this control thing. I was trying to control everything. Like I was trying tracking my cycle supplements and you know this is the time and all these other things you know and the worst feeling for me was like not even having control of my body like that's the one thing you think you should have control over is your body and when it's not having not even just regular cycles it's like it brings you back to wow like God, wow, I don't even have control of my body, yeah. like, and I'm trying to control, like, this, me getting pregnant, like, yeah. and I don't know, it was just a weird, like, coming to Jesus moment with me, like, I didn't even have control over that, you yeah. know, and it's crazy how you think that you have control over something and you don't, yeah. you know, and also I would say you're allowed to be happy for somebody being pregnant and you're also allowed to be sad. Because I I went through that, you know, like, mm-hmm. not all the time, but, you know, a couple of times where I was like, oh, this person is pregnant. I'm like, congrats. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, later on, I would cry, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, kids are a blessing, you know, and you should be happy for them, yeah. you know, and those two things are normal. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. well i mean you know and it's okay to be angry with god even you know i mean a lot of churches will not tell you that you know and a lot of religion might not tell you that but jacob wrestled with god yeah all night you know elijah like wanted to kill himself he was like it's better for you to kill me than like and that was after him having like a huge miracle you know he had just went up against how many prophets of baal yeah. or whatever it was and you know like strike down fire and like he even like soaked the altar with water to make it like this isn't going to happen unless this is going to happen yeah. and then it happened and then like the next chapter or whatever he's like just kill me it's better if you just kill me like i'm i'm no good anymore like yeah. so i think it's okay you know for you to express that yeah. anger and sadness and disappointment like just because they're negative emotions doesn't mean they're not valid right you know god can take it yeah no he he already knows what you're thinking and what you're feeling so it's not like you're gonna surprise him yeah but i think releasing that (laughs) yeah it's kind of like what you were talking about releasing the baby you know Mm -hmm. releasing those emotions will lift that weight off of you too yeah you know i think it gives a space for the holy spirit to do whatever he needs to do with (laughs) you when you release that i've definitely had those moments i (laughs) My, when my sister-in-law, Angela, got pregnant, super excited. I, I actually, I was excited, genuinely happy. And it's a cute story, too, the way that she found out. But when she, she sent, I actually, Jose, I think Jose sent my brother a video of Eli, my nephew, opening the car to find out what the gender was. I, I, I went into it watching, not thinking anything. And I remember just dropping my phone and, like, sobbing and crying out to the Lord and asking those questions of like, God, but why, like, why, why am I not able to get pregnant? Why is this happening to us? Like, is it cause I said things like what is going on? Just a moment of, of, of grieving all of that. And then I come back to remembering that, you know, God, this is, this doesn't come from God. The enemy comes to still kill and destroy. So 
and not that I can't still like I still had the conversation I still cried out to him I still got angry but I I had to come to this place of remembering like okay but I know that this doesn't come from the Lord can he just make it happen absolutely but what is he trying to show me in the process of this and I know in recent weeks as I've been reading, I, I I had asked Pastor David, who's the new worship pastor at Res, I'm like, what should I read during this time that I'm taking, you know, time off? He's like, I'd recommend reading Galatians and first and second Timothy. I'm like, okay, perfect. And the main thing that I I get from reading the scriptures is Paul kept like showing the importance of sharing the gospel and not to minimize that what I what we're wanting to have like it's not bad what we want is good but it's almost like God brought me back to that moment where he revealed the release of the baby and had shown me how much of an idol that had become into my life and how I had removed him from where he belonged and how I was not spending time with the Lord I was just I I think in a sense I was angry like why would I want to meet with someone who is allowing this to happen to our lives right now like I don't I don't want to talk to you I don't want to spend any time with you and that same week that I took off (laughs) I probably was a god thing Tyler was supposed to be taking a staycation with me and that Saturday that he ended up going to Nashville with his friend David to go pick up a car. And I'm like, what the heck, dude? You're supposed to be doing a staycation with me. Where the heck are you going? And I was pretty upset. But I ended up hanging out with his sister, Amanda. And we went to the Fulton Market, did some stuff, came back home. And she's like, so why are you taking time off? And I kind of started telling her, I'm like, I haven't been doing well. Like, I, I'm exhausted spiritually, physically. I'm tired of everything with the baby. And, and I'm just, I'm so done. She's like, well, what are you going to do to, like, change that? Like, what 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 actions do you, you know, need to take? And that night was the night that I, I finally came to the Lord. I'm like, God, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to even talk to you about. I have questions, but I feel like really what you want me to do is spend time with you. And, and even with those questions that I brought up, I didn't get any answers to them, but I felt like the Lord is like, the more time you spend with me in due time, I will give you the answers that you need. And, and the more I've, I've been, it sounds weird to say, I've been testing it. I've been getting up in the morning to spend time with the Lord. I feel like what he keeps, and again, not that what we want is bad, but it's almost like God is shifting my perspective and my focus on there's people out there that are dying without Christ. There are people out there, like I, I'm in such of a bubble because I work in the church that I, I'm so used to Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is everywhere. <laughs> but, you know, our friends Jasmine and Josh, who are worship leaders in St. George. Utah. Utah. Yeah, there's like a ton of Mormons. And they, they when they came back to visit, they said, we didn't realize how much people don't know about Jesus. Like, we were in such a big bubble. And I think the main thing for me this year that I feel like the Lord is showing me is what I want. It's good. It's, it's something that he's placed in my heart, but that can't come before God. Like it needs to be him first. I need to desire being with him more. I need to, and and, in being with him, he'll shift my focus and in being with him, I'll be a better wife, which then I'll be a better, you know, daughter and I'll be a better mom and I'll, 
yeah it's just I just feel like recently my shift my my perspective has shifted and I've also still have been grieving because I I have a book that someone recommended they actually bought it for me it's called Mothers in Waiting and the biggest thing I think for all of this has been I've I've felt very lonely that's has, that's what's been very tiring that it's it's just it's it even with Tyler here it still has felt very very lonely and as I, once I'm done reading scripture, I'll open that book and read it. And it's been very, it's been ministering to my heart because there's women out there that are putting in words exactly how I'm feeling. And I finally feel like I'm like, oh, I'm connecting. I'm connecting with someone, even though they, they already have their, their answer, the vocabulary that they're using is just helping me process my emotions. Yeah. And I can relate to that because how do you talk to somebody who was already pregnant and say, man, really sucks today because of this and this and this and they're like it's awkward because they're not it's not that they're forgetting about you but they're not thinking about that they're thinking about like nursery baby showers and all the cool things or whatever which there's nothing wrong with that yeah. there really really isn't but there's this small little space here it's like where do I fit in in these conversations you know because I've been there I've been there where people are having these conversations and I'm just like awkwardly just staring you know because you can't relate to that you know like yeah you wish it and you want it but you can't relate to what they're having and they can't relate to what you're having and yeah so that, for me one of my closest friends is pregnant and they haven't even been married for a year and one of my other friends is also pregnant. They're both pregnant and they're all, they're both really close friends too. And we started like this Bible study group and our first hangout together, we talked a lot about the pregnancies. And I remember sitting there and thinking to myself, okay, yes, this hurts. Yes, they don't fully, like they may not be thinking about how is this affecting her as we're talking about this. And I was, start, I was starting to get upset and mad. But with recently with spending time with the Lord, I'm like, I don't, I don't, but I don't want that. I don't want to feel that way. Like I want to be able to see them and not be angry because yeah. it's not their fault. Like if anything, praise God that they have a baby. And I even remember my friend Miranda, she was like, I wish I could, you know, know what you're experiencing. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't wish that on no. you. Bless your heart. Like that's so sweet of you. And she's been, she's, she's been such a good friend through all of this. It's, I, I want to be spiritually healthy to where I can see my friends who are pregnant and genuinely be happy. Like I haven't gone to baby shower, certain baby showers. I haven't gone, done certain things with people just because it, it's so painful. I don't want that to control me anymore. Like I want to be able, especially like my friend Mackenzie, she's, she's such a doll. She's such a sweet person. I'm like, I, I want to, I don't want to have to say I'm not going to your baby shower because I like, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to have the strength to be able to be there for someone who I care about and I know cares about me and celebrate something that is exciting for her. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just want to be in a good spot for that. Tyler, how are you feeling? Do you feel like she's all alone and you're not there or do you feel alone separately? Like, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> the first thing I'd say, the first thing that kind of, I, I just wanted to share my two cents on, I guess. I think it's like, 
like when we're when we're talking about sharing our emotions with God or with Jesus, I think it's like important to understand that he's not the one that like intentionally did this to us. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. And understanding that you can we can be mad, we can be upset, and the feeling that we are experiencing is real. The experience is real. It's very valid. You're feeling it. You can testify to how real it is. Yeah. But that doesn't equate to God's fault as if he was the one that, like, made us that way. Right. right. I just think it's important to be, like, we can we can be mad and we can be frustrated, but, you know, it's kind of like Job was mad at God, and he's like, he's like, could you do all the things that I can do. <laughs> he's like, I'm God. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally he's like, I'm God. Um, and then Job repented for, you know, how angry he was at God and like how expressive he was without understanding the relationship that he had. So I think it's, I just think it's important to understand that like it, it, what we're experiencing is real emotions. You have are real, you're, being real is the fact that you can testify it because you're experiencing it. Right. Um, that was the first thing. The other, you know, I, my experience, and Bert, I'm sure your experience, obviously is a different side of the coin than what Tiffany and Jasmine, you guys have gone through. Fundamentally different. Can't relate in the way that another woman can, you know, another another lady can write down. Um and write the things that you're feeling. There's a different feeling, a different struggle that the guys go through that, again, I can't, it's like what hurts more, being kicked in the balls or having a child <laughs> you know, or a period. It's very easy. Kicked in the balls. Kicked in the balls. Because, Objectively. Here's, here's the logic. A punch in the boob is just the same. Okay, but how many times have you heard a woman say, after having a baby, yeah, I want to have another one. How many times do you hear a guy say, oh, yeah, kick me again. Let's see how that I goes. I love that stuff. My favorite thing was being kicked in the balls. <laughs> the difference is, is that our pain produced something, yeah. like something good yeah. came out of guys it. Guys just yeah. have regret. So like Except if you pain. guys if it just you, doesn't feel good. If you got punched in the balls and made a baby. You don't get a baby out of it. So that's the difference. There's no positive outcome. Yeah. Just, just pain. Just pain. So what we experience is different and objectively everyone has a perspective of what hurts more. I can't say that what I, I experience is the same as what Tiffany experiences. I can't say that what I've experienced is the same as what Bert's experienced. Um what I what I do know is that I've had to come to, and I, I haven't shared this thought with Tiffany yet because I, I had it after a different conversation we're having on this topic. But I've come to separate two different things. I've come to separate the struggle that we have when we physically cannot have children from the thought of like being a parent or being a father. They're, they're two different areas of pain and neither of them are mutually exclusive. And so what Tiffany is constantly reminded of is that her body 
isn't able to bear a child. And that's something that I don't experience. That's a pain that I don't have. Now, I have shared pain in that, and it hurts to see Tiffany hurt. And that's very real. It's not the same, though. What we do have a shared experience of, though, is the concept of like not being able to be a parent. And that's a different pain. And so my journey hasn't been the same in the extent that, you know, there's anything that I can do to change anything. There's nothing I can do to change it. On the other hand, Tiffany or Tiffany is having people tell her all the time, okay, just do this. Just try this. Oh yeah, we had the same issue. Do that. And you know, worked fine. I'm not, I'm not having that same experience. What, what I, what I'm constantly having to come to terms with is like, whether or not you can be a father. You know, whether or not you can like take care of kids and love them. And that to me is not inherently attached to fertility issues. But it is something that if you don't have kids, right, that is the thing that you experience. And so in the beginning, you know, I kind of shared like my experience as a kid, my experience with my family. Um, and one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in, uh, it's in James. And it's like James 1, 23 through 27 or 24 through 28, something like that. We'll Google it if you're right we'll later. Google it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, and, it, and it talks about how, you know, the religion that is pure and pleasing to God is to take care of the widows and the orphans. And there's, there's a part of me that like the most important thing I can do as a Christian, as a son of God, as an adopted member of God's family is to follow God and is to serve him well and to be a good son and to steward my time well and to steward our finances well and to steward our actions and intentions and our focus as a couple and individually. Something that I desire to do, like I want to be of service to God. That is my innate desire. And you know, one of the things that is like, you know, you're supposed to like multiply, you're supposed to make a family. And there's also like an aspect outside of that where like, you know, I look at my parents. And it, and it feels weird to, you know, like my aunt and uncle never had kids. Two pairs of aunts and uncles that never had kids. Both sides. Both sides. And they're old. And, the, like, they're, the bloodline is stopping with them to an extent, right? Like, they, it's kind of the end of it. And at the moment, you know, like, I have one sister that's not married. I have another sister who is married and is much younger good chances are they're going to have kids. My brother and sister-in-law, you know, they're older. They're the eldest couple. 
And I don't know what their plans are, but I know they're not pregnant. Wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they also struggle to some degree. It's not a conversation I've had with them. But there's a feeling of leadership that you have within a family and that you fall short of feeling as though, like, you can't continue your family. And that's something else that I've struggled with. I struggled with that, too. Because I, you know, so my dad and, sorry, my dad and his brother, so my uncle, they were, there was five kids and two boys, three girls, and my uncle didn't have kids because he didn't get married till he was, like, 40. But... My dad had me, and so I'm the only male boy on, or the the only male on my dad's side of the family. So I'm the only one that can carry on the family name, kind of like what you're talking about, you know. And <clears throat> growing up, everybody was like, "Oh, you got to have a boy," you know, "you got to have a boy," because you know, got to carry on the name, got to carry on the name. So, you know, when we were getting, when we were going through all of our stuff, and it was like, you know. I think that contributed to why I thought we were having a boy. Cause 100% did. I was so convinced because Bert convinced me that we were having a boy. Because everybody in my family was like, you got to have a boy. You know, you got to carry on the Dykstra name. Like, you know. No pressure if, at all. As if there's not 20 million Dykes in the world already. <laughs> like, but you Special know. breeder. Special breeder. Dykes. Yeah. So, you know, we had Sophia, you know, and when we found out she was a girl, I was like, oh, it's not going to go over well with the family. Like, um, you know, that, they were happy, by the way, but they were happy. You know, they, I don't, I don't think at that point it, that had even crossed their mind, you know? And then when we got pregnant again, I was like, okay, now, now it's a boy. Yeah. Now it's a boy, you know? And then they're like, it's a girl. I'm like, Ooh, it's not going to go over well again. Like, um, you know, and then it's like, do we have more kids? You know, you were how old when we had, you know, 30, 35. Yeah. I think I was 35. So, you know, you're starting to get up there in age medically, if you will, to have kids, you know, like even without any health problems, you know, they start considering after 35. Yeah. I was considered what it, ger- geriatric. Geriatric. Yeah. I think after 30, like at 35 and older, they consider you geriatric, a geriatric pregnancy. And my, my doctor was super great about that. Cause she's like, we're not even going to use that word. 35 is not old at all. Yeah. Like don't even put that in your vocabulary. I really like that. She said that by the way, but like I remember being in high school and kids that I was like, they were the youngest in their family and their parents had kids while we were in high school. And like, she was the girl that I was in my class was like 15 or something. And her parents got pregnant and had a baby, had a baby, you know, they were like close to like 50 having a kid, you know, so it's like, it's not impossible, you know, but so I was like, if we don't have a boy, then the name dies with me type of thing, you know, so I did feel that pressure. So I do know what you're talking about there. And that is, you know, stressful. And that does suck. You know, I mean, it sucks even harder for you because you have a brother who's, he may be struggling, you know, you don't know, but you know, he's not having kids either. So you feel even more pressure, you know, to, produce and quite honestly i think i don't think our parents want to have put that pressure on us i don't think they ever did that intentionally you know it's just there's certain things that you hear and so for some reason we take that to like heart right and they never meant it that way and 
I think they'll just be happy for you guys as long as you guys are happy, you know. But we spin it in our minds in a way that they never once intended it to be that way. Yeah, I think we added a lot of pressure to ourselves. You know, not just to have a boy, but even a kid in general, you know. And that's been, I mean, we've even have had the conversations of, in, in moments where I was not mentally okay, where I would tell Tyler, you, like, I'm the problem, not you. If you want to leave me, you can leave me. Because I don't, like, that has been one of the things that has eaten me alive is the thought of, I can't give him, like, someone that can continue their, like, the family name. And I'm like, I I, we've had the conversation, like, you can go have sex with another woman and get her pregnant. You know what I'm saying? What? Like, no, in the sense of, like, like he, he's... He, technically, he, I can't. He, technically, he can't. Like, he... So, I, I was telling... I was, in a sense, trying to release him of, like, if you want to... Le- if you want to, if... Like, I don't want to be the person that holds you back from having children. Like, if this means, like, I, like... If we need to get divorced, then let's, you know, I, I, I want to give you that option because I don't want to be the reason that's holding you back from that. How do you feel when, Tyler, when Tiffany says something like that? It's a pretty shitty thing to hear. <laughs> to be You're allowed honest. to say that, by the way. <laughs> okay. we have no we'll, we'll bleep it. <laughs> For the super Christian people who never listen to the pod ever again. <laughs> Because you said something you're not supposed to. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I want to be. I want to be extremely transparent. That is not a good thing to hear. That is that is one of the worst things you could hear. Um, you know, it's not a one person show. It's not a Tiffany thing. It's an us thing, and it's it's extremely. De- it feels extremely detached, and it takes away any ability that you feel like you can. Anything that you can provide, like, support-wise. Like, you're like, I didn't marry you to have kids. Like that's, I didn't, I didn't do that. But, like, I would, I would, I would stand up on stage again knowing that we have the issues that we have. I wouldn't change that decision. And so hearing, hearing Tiffany say that is one of the most, like, defeating things you can hear. Yeah, for sure. No, and I think for like a woman, you feel like you fall short. So it's like, it's like you love that person so much that you're trying to give them the best life without you, which sucks because that's not even what your spouse is even thinking right. at all. Right. Like their spouse is thinking like, where did that thought even come from? You know, because how how do we come this far to say for you to say something like that? Because you know, it. it's crazy how marriage is in that we are not even thinking the same thing like that. Right. And, I mean, I know you guys, nobody can see in this podcast, but, like, you guys love each other really good. Like, I know there's ups and downs. Nobody's perfect or whatever, but, like. I mean, who goes to Nashville for a car <laughs> <laughs> during a staycation? Tyler. To be fair, we were picking up an R8. I don't Just, even know what that is. It's it's Iron Man's car. Okay. Oh, he's like, it's I mean, <laughs> uh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. But I know you guys hear this a lot, but, you know, we, I pray for you all the time. 
every time that I'm like, I tell Bert, like during lunch, my lunch hour is like my praying, walking hour. I mention it, like whatever you guys are going through, I'm like, I always say, God, like if you did it for us, you did it for Jen and Jason, whatever it looks like for them, let it happen. And like for God to reveal whatever his plans are, even if it's just a little sliver of his plan, yeah. because it sucks being through it. It really, really does. Like you, I, I don't even know how many times I cried and how many times I was angry and sometimes I was happy and some it it consumes you and you don't want it to consume you. You want to be happy for other people and is it like it does feel lonely and it sucks. And thank God that I had somebody like Bert that was like, honestly, you were like my rock through that whole time because. I was going through all this and he never once like pressured me or felt like less than or anything like that. He was more like, okay, that was it. Okay. <laughs> and I, other couples have gotten divorced over it. I've, I've heard couples like it like destroys their marriage. And for us, for some reason, it made us stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did. I don't <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how. Um, you know, I think we were struggling for so long, and it was it became like this thing of, oh, we're not going to have kids. Let's start planning vacations. Jen and Jason talked about that too. They, you know, they they took ten years before they had a kid. Um, you know, and we took what two and a half, three years, something like that. I don't know. I don't know, but. but- I, I was to the point where I was like, kind of like you, not like you're giving up, yeah. but more like I'm giving it to you, God. Mm-hmm. I've done everything that I can, mm-hmm. short of going to the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> I've done everything that I can, and I don't have control over any of this. Right. So thank you, God, for the body that you have given me. Thank you, God, that we have a strong marriage. Now let me go live my life. Yeah, so we started planning like we're gonna go to Japan, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go, we're gonna go all these different places. So we need to die. We started planning like if we're not, if we're, we're pla- we started planning a life without kids. You know, like we want to go to Japan in twenty nineteen or whatever. Yeah. Not because we stopped believing, but more like it. It released you. It we didn't released, want life it released to, you. Yeah. When we didn't want life to pass us by. Yeah. Because know? we're so consumed by this one thing. Right. It's almost like you you put your life on hold. Yeah. Because yeah. of that. And I really did. Like, I I don't know why, but, like, there were things that I wouldn't even do because I was like, well, what if I'm pregnant by then? Mm. I was literally thinking no. that way. I was like, well, if I'm pregnant by then, I don't want to do that. Like, that's literally what I was like. Yeah, and like, we were crazy. like, we're going to go to Universal. And she's like, well, if I'm pregnant, I can't go on any rides, so I don't really want to go literally. there. So I'm like. That was my, like, I was literally putting my, when I say it consumed me, it literally consumed me my whole being my whole everything and which is not a great thing to because yes i i believed it in a way where i believed in god in a way that it's gonna happen in my terms right versus like i'm gonna believe it in god's terms and i don't know what that is so i'm gonna release it to you and so it's just a different mindset between the two and so i was like you know what these are the things that we always wanted to do and so let's do it before we have kids because it's going to be harder when we have kids. And yeah, that's. Yeah. And then we started enjoying life. Yeah. We started did. enjoying life, sex, traveling, like 
Yeah, I was literally planning a Japan trip, and then I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> it's like for real. Yeah, we were were like, I was already planning. Like, the, I already looked at the hotels, how many days, and the dates, and all these things. And then I think I don't even remember when, but you know, I found out I was pregnant. And I was 100% happy, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to Japan anymore. <laughs> After all that, you know, because that has been like my bucket list for like ever, you know. And my thing was like, I was like, well, I don't want to spend any money because then we won't have any enough money for nursery. Like that was literally what I was like. My life was around that, you know. And finally, I was like, you know what? If the kid comes, the kid comes, you know, obviously. And But the date that I wanted to go to Japan, I wouldn't have been able to even fly. So it was just one of those things that, you know, it's still going to happen. We're still going to Japan, by the way. <laughs> I don't we're know when, but we're going. <laughs> I really want to go there, but yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't want to sound spiritual or super like <laughs> over the top, but, you know, I think that something that for me, I've been going to therapy, but in doing that, it's helped me reflect on the past and where God has like protected me or where God has showed up where I didn't see it. And one of the things that like showed up for me was I got a full ride scholarship for college. And I was like, oh yeah, I did that. You know, I got the good grades. I had the good test scores. I wrote the essay like it was all me. You know what I mean? And I didn't see anything with God in that. But I feel like what, like for us, I feel like God was protecting us from having it at the wrong time. Like, we had issues with our house, like, you know, when we were trying to get pregnant. We had issues with the water heater. We had issues with the pool. We had issues with the AC. Like, we had so many different house issues that it wouldn't have been a good place for us to have a kid in the first place because we wouldn't have been able to afford any of the things that we did to our house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God, I, I think that God might be protecting you, you know? You had endometriosis. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, even if you had gotten pregnant, it might not have worked, probably wouldn't have worked. So like, God might be protecting you from, you know, the heartache of miscarrying or like, I know how many times you took a pregnancy test and you were devastated when it came back, whatever, positive, whatever the not two lines every month, (laughs) negative. Well, when you get, when you don't have cancer, it's negative and that's a good thing. So (laughs) it confuses me. Get tired of playing Uno. You know, so... (laughs) But like what I'm what I'm getting at is, is the fact that you might be being protected from something. Tyler having a crazy work schedule yeah. isn't going to be conducive to having a little one at home when you're trying to work too. Yeah, you know. And honestly, I, I, I mean, I think yeah, when we were getting when we were trying 2020, 2021, there was a moment where like we weren't doing okay as a married couple either, and I had brought up divorce for other reasons, and yeah, I with what you're saying, we weren't, we weren't in a place to even try to conceive a child. We were trying to even work out our own stuff and figure out whether it was something that we wanted to continue to be with each other or not. I mean, Tyler wanted to, I was one that was giving up. I, marriage to me is never been a question, right? It's one of those things that I think the way that I've, one of the, one of my favorite revelations, the only one that really matters probably is that I was like, you know, you make vows when you get married and you don't really understand what a vow means. And you, you, you say it expecting it to encompass what you've emotionally experienced up to that point. What you don't know is that your emotions at the point in time you vow to stay together haven't 
actually been to the point where you would be probably actually like get divorced. Right? Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't have you right. wouldn't even be at the the stand. And your your vow is the most important, and you only know that you're keeping your vow when you get to the point where you have reasons to give up or you emotionally are done and you're like, that's not even an option. So like you can get to a position where it's extremely unhealthy, but it can still never be an option. And so to me, it's, it was, you know, that was very hard during that time. And it was, you know, I remember to me, as we're going through this, you know, like issues having kids and then, these conversations were, were happening as well. Not a great, great time, to be honest. But there was times where I'm like, I'm glad we don't, we're not pregnant. Like, I'm thankful. I'm like, like, I honestly, like, I'm, I'm just, if we were pregnant and, and these were the conversations we're having, it just, it just wouldn't have been, it just wouldn't have felt good. So selfishly, I'm like, like, I'm glad we're not pregnant because if we're talking about divorce and you're trying to have kids, you know, yeah. this is not a great. And I can attest to having kids and having marriage problems. It is extremely harder than not having kids and having marriage problems because we've been through both. We've had marriage problems when we didn't have kids and we have marriage problems when we had kids. And it was 10 times harder. Marriage problems today. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like we're all human. (laughs) No, I I mean, in general, not necessarily exactly today, but like in like in the here and now. Yeah. Like we we struggle a lot after Lena, you know, and in my head, I'm like, how do we get from being so close to each other during our infertility to like marriage problems where I'm like how are we a couple why are we even a couple you're like questioning all these things so it it's hard with kids it really is and I don't think your marriage or your life is going to be perfect before you have kids so like you know don't don't sit here and think oh our marriage is perfect now we're gonna have kids Mm -hmm. because I don't think that that's real life either no but you know and I don't want to say something because I know you've heard I know you've heard it all, you know, and we heard it all too. Yeah. It, and that sucks because it's coming from a good place, but right. it's like the 30th time you've heard it or the hundredth time <laughs> you've heard it. You know, I don't, you know, and you work at church too. So like you, you're hearing it from everyone. Yeah. It's not. And, and yeah. And on that note, I'll just add, you, you do hear everything and you experience everything yeah. and life goes on. <laughs> <laughs> like it's something that in the moment, like when you first feel it, the second time you feel it, the third time you feel it, even now, it's something that you continue to experience and it's very hard. But the longer you experience it, you see that you're able to continue living and you see that you're able to get past like the next day and the next day. And the issues that you're experiencing that are, are bigger than the moment you're currently in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I know you guys are still going through with it, but what what do you feel like God has, what have you, what do you feel like God has taught you in this process so far? Ladies first. <laughs> I've talked a lot. 
You're like, I'm done. (laughs) You go first. I got you. I've always had, my my humor is somewhat cynical, which isn't necessarily a good thing. (laughs) But. What are you uh, looking at me for? (laughs) Jasmine again with the stink eye. No, I wasn't giving the stink eye. It was just more like. How are you not relating to this right now? I didn't say I wasn't. (laughs) Just didn't say anything. Um, I've always had like, I always kind of have like a, like anything could happen mindset and more like in the, in the negative perspective, anything could happen. And I've never felt stability in the sense that like something wasn't too good to be able to disappear. Like things could be going well. And then in my mind, I was so, cognizant of the fact that things could not go well that I wasn't able to like enjoy where I was and I wasn't able to enjoy the moment I was in and I think I always I think my perspective of God was so defined by the expectation of almost like a you know like the Bible's full of examples of people going through very hard times losing everything Job, David, right? Isaac, like these people have crazy stories where things go well and they go downhill fast. And so my expectation or the thing that I've always kept mental buffer for, which I think means I haven't kept mental buffer for it because it's exhausting, was the fact that I always thought like something was like too good to be true or that God would take it to like, teach me a lesson and the lesson was more important than what he was taking. So I was like mentally okay with it, but I didn't really understand God's love in the sense that it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like God's love is really good. And he is, he, he is there beyond what you expect. And as soon as you think like you understand how good it could be, or you understand the limits of it, you know, he shows up in ways that you've never understood or you never could have imagined. And so my box has been broken. Mm. And I don't think I have a box I can I can put him in anymore. For 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 good or for worse. Well, you know, it's but to to the full extent it's like, you know, I trust God's vision. I trust God's planning. I trust what God has for us. Um and that's that's probably one of the biggest things that I've I've come to experience. That's awesome. I was talking to Jeanette, who is my boss at work. She said that Jesus grieved for us. He took on our griefs. Mm-hmm. And I think normally whenever I think about Jesus, I just think about he took on our sins and that he you know, that we are healed by, you know, the stripes that he took on. But I don't ever really recall hearing that he took on our griefs. And that really just changed my perspective in the sense that he's he is grieving with me in the sense that he he's he's with me. He's been with me. I have walked away from him. I'm the one that's pulled myself away from him. And it's a just a constant, like, I just need to be in the presence of God. I can't. I don't have the strength physically, mentally, 
or spiritually to do this anymore. And my only strength comes from him. This week, I've just tested it. And there's I, I can't explain it except for, like, it's, it's him. Like, I, I, I just need to spend more time with the Lord is what I feel like he keeps bringing me back to. And even learning to tap into things that I don't feel comfortable with, you know, Christianity, like whole speaking in tongues. That's always been weird to me because of the way that I was brought up with my church and previously to res and, and I, I've just have been trying to speak in tongues and just, I just, I just need to spend time with the Lord. That's been my biggest thing. My biggest revelation that I'm, I know I'm a better person. I'm, I'm, I find my strength in him and, I, I don't want to let go of that because I keep finding my, I, I tell the Lord, I keep finding myself here where you haven't moved. I'm the one that's moved. I'm the one that's walked away. And I just, I just want to continue spending time with him. Thank you for that. Cause I, I don't think I've ever heard a whole grieving part either. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because that's like the part of God that I, I feel like I never knew until this part, until we experienced the yeah. infertility, you know, like, or when my dad died, you know, like he grieves with us. And yeah. that's a weird concept for me. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's why the verse is Jesus wept. And that's all it says. Because it proves that Jesus experienced those human emotions. He experienced that sadness, you know, when he even said, like, if there's any other way do it because I don't want to die like he, he he wrestled with that emotion too of not wanting to die so what's there you know I just don't think that I think those are maybe things people gloss over because he lived a sinless life so it's like oh well he didn't struggle he didn't he didn't have any issues but he was tempted after 40 days he was tempted by the devil like how many different times three different times or whatever and then he wept he wrestled with God about dying like so it's it's all there. I just think that until you're experiencing it, until you're experiencing your own struggles, you don't realize it. Because for the most part, churches will tell you, once you're a Christian, your life's going to be great. Right. That's nowhere in the Bible. Yeah. Like, it doesn't say, like, yeah, your reward is when you die. Your reward, your reward isn't on earth. It's when you die. So, or if Jesus returns, whatever, whatever happens first. But, um <clears throat> There's no guarantee that you're going to have a great life when you're a Christian. Well, so. I mean, Scripture says, Jesus said differently, you'll, you'll, exp- you'll go through persecution oh. for my name. It's like, yeah. it's completely opposite. You guys just said, I think, is a continual source of renewal. Um, but it's, the, it's a concept, and it's not only the concept, it's the reality that as Christians we know that our life isn't satisfied on earth. And then it doesn't matter what issue we're going through, whether it's infertility, it's disease, it's relational issues, it's financial issues, it's anything under the sun. Everything we're experiencing is a snippet in time. And the end of the tunnel is ironically death. Like, nothing can be perfect on earth. It can't be perfect. And we have this expectation that things are going to be perfect. 
and we have ex- an extreme amount of blessings being in the United States where we just kind of like have everything at our fingertips. And so the first time we experience difficulty with something, it's like, what the heck is that? <laughs> like what? My, my Amazon package came a day late. Cause it wasn't here the day after I ordered it. What the heck? But you know, like we're, we're going to, we're going to pass away and we're going to go to heaven and we're going to be with God and it's going to be perfect and there's going to be no sin. There's going to be no disease. There's going to be no pain. There's going to be no suffering and it's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what happens to us here. You know, all the disciples I think died. Except yeah. for John. Well, I mean, he's dead too, but <laughs> he wasn't. I just want to say, I don't want to die like that, but. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like worse ways to die. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just die in my sleep. But anyways. <laughs> Peaceful death. <laughs> I would say one other thing I, that. Never mind. Well, it's just a small thing. <laughs> no. uh, it's something Jen said on Sunday when we talked to them. She, she mentioned, she was talking about they struggled for a long time and she finally was able to give it to God, but she she came to the realization that no matter what you do or what you say, life won't happen unless God says it's going to happen. So like, yes, you should be doing whatever you're doing with your supplements and your eating habits and all that different stuff. But like, if God doesn't tell you life's going to happen, it's not going to happen. So like, not to discourage you or anything like that, but just know that when it happens, it was a God thing and it will happen, you know, one way or another, you're going to have a kid. I believe that, you know? Yeah, I really do. Just because we've seen miracles. We, we have two great miracles, Sophia and Lena, like uh, honestly up to this day. And I, (laughs) even my kids probably think I'm weird because Sophia's like, why are you looking at me? She says that to yeah. me. And it's because I'm looking at you because you're my miracle. Like, I, I still can't believe you're here. It's been three years, and I still can't believe you're Almost here. Almost four. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And she's like, why are you looking at me? I'm like, you're just so precious. And she's like, okay, mommy. And she just, like, <laughs> stop looking at me. And it's because I, I I still can't believe it, you know. And I literally thank God every, like, every day. I was like, even when they've been like, crazy that day i'm like god man thank you like seriously like i just i still can't believe they're here like i can't you know so yeah but you guys have great kids (laughs) (laughs) thanks (laughs) i just want to say thank you for your vulnerability you know it's not easy especially when you're going through it you know it's easy to speak about it because you are when you already experienced it but when you're going through it and you have some really dark days, mm-hmm. it's a whole different day. Like, no. there have been days where when I was going through it, I'm like, don't even talk to me. I'm just yeah. pissed. That's yeah. facts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so thank you for your vulnerability because it's not easy when you're going through with it. And I know there's a lot of people, like, praying for you guys and believing that you guys. And I'm glad that you have guys have a community like that because... It sucks when you're doing it by yourself. So one of the things we want to do before we, if you guys want to talk about something you're doing, 
I know you started a blog, oh, right? True. I'm like, what are we doing? So yeah, I don't. And Tyler, you have like a you're in a startup kind of, right? It's still kind of a startup, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, really excited about that. <laughs> Feel free to advertise whatever you want. Yeah. So I I started my blog for the purposes of sharing vulnerable moments. I I feel like in culture today we don't really get an opportunity to be vulnerable because it's, it's a scary thing. It's like the moment you're vulnerable, you've allowed access to, to areas of your life that why would you give access to people? So I want to make myself available and open of sharing my story of everything from, you know, the infertility to right now I'm working on my wardrobe capsule. And then that's kind of fun. Pretty cool project. It's a pretty cool project. And I actually wouldn't mind looking at that in person. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so, Actually, so, Tiffany's next session blog post is going to be all of our cats and wardrobes. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I'm currently working. You guys included. Let's do it. I'm yeah. like over here. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> so cool. I'll show you later. Bert needs one with all his sh- shirts. Anyways. <laughs> they so, give them to me. What do you want me to do? Not take them? Look very free is nice. <laughs> so my, my website is from tiff.co. They're letters written to people to just hear my story and hopefully be encouraged that they're not alone in what they're doing. And actually, hopefully soon enough, I'll be you know, starting my YouTube page where I get to do that a little bit more lively so people can experience a little bit of vlogging, a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of, a little bit of everything. I'm an open book. So do you have a, like a Instagram separate from your own for that? Or? Uh, no. So it's okay. still, yep. It's Tiffany Mauer on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have social media except for X, which is previously known as Twitter. <laughs> oh gosh, and you're calling it X too. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I'm gonna be praying for you, Tyler. <laughs> Ride that revolt. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I part of a startup um, called Iris, and we're gonna be launching a platform called Web AI probably in the next few months. We got some plans coming out. So, what do they do? Like, what does your company do? Like, what? What services can you offer? Like, yeah, I'm calling up Tyler to do a job. What are you going to do? Because neither one of us know what you do. I still don't know what he does. <laughs> and I'm his wife. <laughs> we, she t- she's like, what does Tyler do? I'm like, I don't know. Something this with the computer I, and the I internet. I think I tried to stalk you on LinkedIn. I still didn't get what you were doing. When people ask me, I just say, so he works for a tech company. That's a startup that works with AI. That's all I know. That's a good summary. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, is this iRobot? <laughs> Like, this, okay, this is actually a great example. I don't normally use iRobot. I use the Terminator. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're developing a decentralized artificial intelligence platform that should be as accessible as it needs to be for anyone to download it. So something that you could download, something that you could put onto Amazon servers. So you can go from a local MacBook to a really tiny computer like a Raspberry Pi to something crazy like a massive computer that Amazon hosts. That platform allows you to create AI models. We're currently focusing on computer vision, so the ability to detect items in your environment or through camera feed. It'd be like if I pointed a camera at something and it was able to say it was a hot dog or not hot dog, a very basic example, hot dog, not hot dog, or there's a person and this is where the person's at in the image. So are you the reason why I have ads on Facebook for certain things? Is that what that is? It's po- 
possible? I have to see the ads. <laughs> I mean, is that like what the the idea of it is? Like yeah, hot dog, hot dog, not hot dog. Then all of a sudden, I'm seeing hot dog ads on Facebook. <laughs> Probably that, will the rest of the night. That could be sure. that could be something where it's the big gold oh. the hot dogs. It's only like a baseball game, right? It would be a great yeah. fit for a hot dog. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, at, at a high level, it's a we're creating a platform that allows people to create AI, to be able to detect things, to be able to summarize things, to be able to, yeah, that kind of stuff. So I work on the product side. But the other one, which is probably a little bit more relevant, is that starting a, this is kind of funny, I'm starting a YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> And I'm doing it with David, David Stout, a good friend and also one of the co-workers, uh, co-founders at, at Iris. He's also Miranda's husband. Miranda's husband. Yep. So he's been there. You guys have been there too. I mean, we didn't say it, but I hope that it doesn't go without saying that you guys have been very supportive and very mm-hmm. um, helpful everything as well. So we're, we're very grateful for the relationship we have with you guys. You guys have been Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's going to be on car content. Is that why you got that car? That's why he went to Nashville. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, when this comes out, if you have the YouTube channel, we'll put it in our pod so you can promote it. There you go. It's going to be called Stour. You need to watch the actual intro of the video. It's actually really neat. They've done a good job with it. I it's not cute, it's manly. Maybe it'll be our sponsor. <laughs> David did a good job with it. Brought to you by Stour. <laughs> yeah, no, that was right. That sounds great. Wow, Jasmine. Here's $5. <laughs> no. But, um, you should look into ASMR. <laughs> sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but yeah, so, okay, good. I hope that all that stuff comes out. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it.